do engineers just end up finding themselves in the first engineering profession that they landed in? Are there really opportunities to move between industries? And more importantly, how did I find myself in control systems engineering? This is the Engineering IRL Podcast, a place for engineers in the real world. We try to break down engineering concepts and figure out how to apply them to real life. Let's become better problem solvers, better engineers. This is your host, Andrew Sario. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engineering IRL Podcast for engineeringinreallife.com. I am your host, Andrew Sario, and this is Revision 42 of the podcast, and it's the first of 2021. Now, before we get into it, just a quick word from our sponsors. The first is CloudMate Networks, the place where you go if you would like to purchase any Cisco Meraki. There is no better time to invest in cloud-managed networking, and if you want to find more about it, just head to cloudmatenetworks.com.au and head to the contact page if you have a custom query or you would like a personalized quote. Have you ever taken the opportunity to improve your problem-solving skills? Now that 2021 has started, you may have a New Year's resolution goal to read a book. What better way than to pick up a copy of 10 plus 1 Steps to Problem Solving and Engineer's Guide. It is the perfect gift to improve your problem solving skills from an engineer's perspective, but also learn something from a career with all sorts of information, diagrams and things like that. It's a quick read. So make sure you head to Amazon and search up 10 plus one steps to problem solving. Now back to the show. And I'm excited for this episode. I thought I'd go back to the beginning and uh, I generally monitor, you know, the different forums and see what types of questions are coming up. And one topic I've seen recently floating around is how people got into the strand of engineering that they were in and if they studied it specifically. So for me, the question is, how did I get into control systems engineering before I delve into like just some sort of history story about that? I'll just go through the questions specifically as they normally come through. So the first one is, why do you do control systems engineering? So to answer that, I guess the first part is obviously that's kind of where I found myself in, I'd say. And the bigger question then becomes, well, why did you stay in it? But initially, let's say, why do I do control systems engineering? One of the key things that I've always wanted to do, or one thing that I've always liked about engineering is making stuff do stuff. And that's the, uh, the, the clean version of that phrase. But I like the ability to do things and make things so that they can basically be made to uh, make solutions and make things better or make things more efficient. I just think it's fun on its own, forgetting even, let's say, take out the solution side, the ability to be able to, you know, make interactions and things like that, I think is really cool. So that will do it for the technical front. Now, control systems specifically are building systems that allow you to control things, right? So it kind of fits in. Um, in the early days, I would have aligned myself more with like, say, robotics. Um, and there is a pathway in through to that, but control systems aren't really about that, although you learn a lot of fundamentals that tie into that. So I like doing control systems because I like taking away complexity and then enabling people to do more advanced things than they would normally be able to do. And I like being able to make things do things. So what do I do as a control systems engineer? Well, it varies and it depends on the system or uh, it actually depends on the function that I'm trying to control or the industry that I'm in. 
So in most cases, a lot of the control systems are used for big industrial processes. And that's because there's a lot of efficiency gain there. And there's also a lot more you can do. For example, in manufacturing, what you can do with um, what you can do with machinery is huge. But if you can also then control multiple machines at the same time, you get a lot of efficiency gains. And obviously, that's why that type of uh, industry is where that goes. The other part is large distances and things like that. So if you're in a, uh, uh, a, a transport industry or a mobility industry, you need to be able to control machines, anything with energy in it, right? So part of what I do is obviously you have your requirements analysis, you have your design, you have your uh, specifications. So you develop specifications, you make designs to big solutions, you integrate multiple systems. And then the question might be, what do you do specifically? Like, what do you mean analyze? Like I just look at it and think and then write? Yeah, kind of, right? You, you, you take in all the input information and everything you know about the technology and the processes, and then you try to define what a solution could look like. You evaluate the designs, and then depending on what role you are for a given project, you could be part of the execution team, right? So in that case, you would be actually configuring the things. You'd be um, putting the systems together, setting them up in their final environments. You know, you put power to these things and you make sure it can actually control the thing, right? Um, before you even get to the function, so that's the functional side. You would, uh, prior to that, connect up all the IOs, make sure they all align. If you're more on the analysis side, you'd be doing the, uh, I guess, the database and the checking to make sure that all the things that you expect to be connected are connected. And then if I'm up to doing functional testing, we'll do the functional tests. If it's all on review, you'll review the designs, you'll review the, the, the behaviors of the system are as you expect. And then you also comb through everything and you make sure everything meets every single requirement and standard that it needs to. Right. As an engineer, your job is also people's safety and a large part of guaranteeing, or I put that in quotation marks, but increasing the odds of people's safety is to stick to standards because there's known solutions that you need to lean on. And there's minimum requirements that keep people safe. Right. They're proven. They're known over time. Now, the secondary part of what I do is also in the uh, R&D portion of things. So you would research uh, the latest technologies and see how things behave and new things behave and can you gain efficiencies in different areas by taking advantage of new technology? Are there combinations or systems you should be doing? <laughs> and what generally drives things is cost, right? So that's a reality of all engineering. You need to know how you can be saving money and that's a good driver for efficiency or at least a measurement. It's at least a measurement that the business can see. And so there's a lot of angles to it, right? You're just in there to make sure that the system controls a process as expected. And you're there to make sure that things keep running because as long as the system runs, then the company makes money. And then every time you find an efficiency, you save the company money, therefore increasing prof profitability. Now, there's other angles. You might increase safety and many, many other things, which is why what keeps it fresh and exciting. So... I do a combination of all those things. I could be out in the field doing inspections or actually wiring things or physically putting things together. I could be spending a fair amount of time in the office doing analysis, testing, reviews, and things like that, or even high-level design. And most of the time, it's a combination of both because to design things, 
it helps a lot to actually be able to go out there and check things out. So I feel like a combination, you don't want to be tied too much to a desk, but then you don't always want to be out in the field. It's a decent industry to be in, depending on your role within that control system. Did you know about the profession before you started? I didn't. I knew, I guess, I guess if I'm being honest, I didn't really know about it. It makes sense that that industry exists. I've only really thought about it in the uh, manufacturing space. But as I was coming up, until I actually got the job in control systems, I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, there, there wasn't a degree that I had available to me called control systems engineering. And it technically sits under one of the electrical strands, right? So if you're in electrical engineering, you might find yourself in control systems engineering. Did you study for control systems engineering? Uh, so yeah, to rely on my previous answer, no, I did not. And in fact, I was not even in electrical engineering. And that was quite a funny predicament because 80%, 90% of my colleagues and the interns coming in when I started out in control systems were all electrical engineers except for me. I was a computer systems engineer. I was studying that. And it was you know, a combination of your kind of uh, electronics, telco, and software engineering. It was actually called a computer systems engineering degree, um, which basically change names in the future, but that's what I actually studied. What was your first control systems engineering job? Well, my first control systems engineering job was for a company called Siemens in the electrical industry, in the energy industry actually, and power generation specifically, right? So the power stations, that's, that's where I first came into the, uh, into the industry. And it's an interesting one because it's critical infrastructure. You don't always get the comfort of using uh, being an end user, right? Because you don't, you don't have access to a power station, right? So you don't understand a lot of these functions. And technically, to do a lot of the jobs the way that you can divide up your work, you don't need to know the function, right? But to, once I got into uh, the design side of things, it helped immensely to actually get into the functionality and really understand because a lot of the decisions you make aren't just about making things work at a technical level, which is, what engineers, which is what engineers like to do, which is it works, happy days. But in reality, it has to work given the constraints and how people actually use the system. Did your studies help you be a good control systems engineer? Truth be told, I believe it did. I believe that it helped me know how I learn. It helped me be resourceful into getting the information. Um, none of the equations that I learned or, you know, math that I was able to do or the physics really, really, really helped me in terms of using it every day. But having the ability to, uh, to be able to understand those things and then also understanding the core concepts. I think the core concepts is the most important part that you get. Um, and then the rest you actually learn on the job. Once you're in a certain industry and once you're actually solving problems, it clicks a lot more and it makes way more sense than useless equations and things like that. A lot of the time, uh, the equations you can find online, right? So a lot of these uh, electrical values we're calculating, you can find that online, right? Or there's a tool that you use to get you the values. We don't use human brains. There's, they're, they're too prone to error. The key is understanding, oh, I need that value that calculates these two things in order to set this variable on this device. So you understand the concept that I need those things, but then you run it through some software to figure that out. So on the networking front, there was some help. You know, I did have some networking uh, knowledge, but it was next to useless. So 
in university, I would be able to calculate a subnet mask, you know, based on the actual, you know, the bits and do the math. But in reality, you don't need that. You just get a subnet calculator. The question is, what should you set and why should you set it? And what does it enable you to do? What's the key thing? And then using different devices, how do you do it? How do you test it? How do you use it in a practical sense? What's the purpose of that? And, you know, you get told these high level things. It's so things can talk, but good. Well, how do I, how how does that help me today? Right. So, um, there's always the practical side that is way, way more, uh, it's not really teachable. Are there good opportunities in control systems engineering? I believe there are. You know, it's one of those fields where, you know, it supports things that get more automated. You are the automation industry. So even though things are getting more automated and people get automated out of the jobs, it's going to be a very, 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 very long time before the people designing the automation gets automated out of that job, if that makes sense. So, in fact, I think a lot more things are getting becoming smart and requiring controls and there's a lot more IO and things like that out there in the world. You can see it now with IoT and IIoT. People are wanting to control things. People are wanting smarter devices that are able to do things. And so there's a bright future in this industry. Now, a lot of the time, there's a lot of legacy stuff in there as well. And having that wide knowledge of how to make things really work is useful because at the end of the day, regardless of the fancy systems and all the digital stuff and then the cybersecurity on top and all these like uh, data analytics and all that, at the end of the day, a physical thing has to move a physical thing. So there's some sort of transfer of energy. And as long as that's the case, there's always going to be some link between the physical and the digital. So there's always going to be advancements on the on the physical side. And then on the digital front, there's always going to be advancements there. Just the internet coming on has made a whole cybersecurity industry available. As that levels up, data analytics and AI has become, you know, more of a, a thing to consider. And so as we integrate and tie all these systems together, it's, it's a huge, huge, huge industry. And as long as there are critical infrastructure needs, water utilities, electricity, security, you know, all those things that basically societies need. They're going to need control systems in there. And so therefore, as long as you think a sophisticated civilization will exist, even look at rockets, right? They have control systems on there. There's all sorts of stuff, even transport. If there's ever going to be transport, there's going to be control systems. So there are a lot of good opportunities in this industry. Um, So if you're one of those people considering it, I would definitely recommend it. Now, was control systems my first choice? It wasn't, to be honest. Uh, at the time, you know, I wasn't really looking for electrical engineering fields. I was hoping to land something more in the software space. I didn't want to go software software, if that makes sense, like deep into so deep into software that you don't, you're not really controlling devices. Although I would have been happy with anything. That was kind of my mindset. And then there was the electrical opportunity. So I had two directions to go to. Work for an electrical company, but kind of work in these systems type roles. Or I had a, another opportunity with a software company that did software for devices that um, sat in airports. And they came in at the same time. And I made a choice, right, to try something that was a little bit different and out of the comfort zone because my thinking was always, I can start in one industry and then move to another. And, you know, as a time went on, I found out that that was true. You could start in one industry and move to another. So I would say don't get too caught up in whichever type that you're into, uh, whichever type of engineering that you start with, um, as long as you develop the skills, as long as you learn how to work with people, how to articulate ideas, how to work harder than the person next to you, you can get ahead. 
And then if you're able to do that, if you want to move sideways and things like that, you're able to. And so that should do it. Hopefully I've answered your question. You know, I do want to be doing more episodes like I keep saying. And so I'll do a lot of impromptu ones that are based on these questions and develop them out. Um, Hopefully soon you should be seeing me appear on a few other podcasts and I'll be taking on guests as I keep saying. I've got some things in the background working and hopefully that will come to fruition soon. So thanks again for staying tuned and see you in the next one.